the sun is shining and all of my favorite plant friends are popping up right now. Speaking of plants, what are you growing this year? Do you know? Do you know what kind of medicine will be in your garden? Or are you still trying to figure it out? Totally okay if you're still trying to figure it out. We're all growing and learning on this journey, right? But if you want some help, I do have a family medicine garden guides. It's basically 10 essential herbs that I feel like every mom needs to know and grow in their yard. I give you some growing tips and ways that you can use it as medicine, and it's totally free. So if you want that, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes here for you to grab it and give Get your hands digging in the dirt and growing incredible medicine for you and your family. Learning to grow your own herbal medicine can be one of the most empowering, exciting, loving, joyful, money-saving, coolest things you can do. And in this episode today, I'm going to share with you five of my favorite plant friends to grow in the garden. Then stay tuned because the next episode is going to be all about five more herbs I love to grow. Enjoy! Welcome to the Herbalist's Path, where we're on a mission to inspire a movement where there's an herbalist in every home, again, with your host, clinical herbalist, Melissa Mutterspaugh. Hey, fellow herbalists on this glorious herbal path, have you ever wondered what exact herbs you should be growing in your herb garden? Or maybe you already grow your own herb garden and you're just looking to expand on it so that you can become empowered to create this great connection with the plants and learn to make your own medicine, save yourself lots of money, lots of time, and ultimately just live a much healthier life in greater connection with the beautiful mother nature. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that with gardening. (laughs) You can do that with uh, sustainable or ethical wild harvesting. You can do that by supporting your local herb farmer. But in today's episode, I wanted to start with sharing five of my absolute must-have herbs to grow in my herb garden. And since I just can't stop at five, I'll be doing a follow-up episode with another five. And I'll probably stop there because I could really talk about it for years upon years, but we'll get your garden growing and flowing so you can get to medicine making and living the good life. So one of my absolute favorite plant friends to have in my garden is chamomile. She's got this lovely, appley, sweet scent. She's incredibly beautiful, and you can use her for so many different medicinal uses. It's 
It's really, really cool. I know that most of you probably know chamomile as a nice calming herb, a good one to take at bedtime, or maybe if you're just stressed, which it's absolutely fantastic for that. It is a sedating nerving. It's really lovely for that, but it's lovely for so much more. Like, I used chamomile as an eye wash for my daughter when she was a newborn and had conjunctivitis. I used a little chamomile and a little fennel and a little tea bag wash on her cute little puffy eyes. Chamomile makes a great anti-inflammatory. It's specific for gut health, believe it or not. It's what's called carminative, so it's going to ease gassiness and bloating and tummy upset. It's really rich in bitters, and bitters are going to stimulate the digestive juices to flow from your body, which ultimately eases inflammation and promotes healthy digestion all over. And it's also anti-inflammatory specific for the digestive system, and it helps to um, ease spasms of smooth muscle tissue within the digestive system. It's a really great kid-friendly herb. Like, I'm so lucky. My daughter loves chamomile, and she does suffer from a bit of anxiety, which absolutely goes straight to her tummy when she starts feeling it, which I find fascinating because we now know that there's such a direct correlation between our nervous system that many pieces of it live inside of our gut and that connection it's just really interesting to see in my daughter but she like she loves chamomile so much that I'll be drinking a cup of tea and she'll just come around and like pick the chamomile flowers out of my tea and eat them (laughs) silly little girl but of course I love it because like I know it's such a good herb for her for her tummy and for her anxious nerves It's also a really good herb if you have an infant who might have colic. It can be really helpful there um, because of its carminative properties. It's going to ease that gassiness and that bloating and that tummy upset. It's similar to what most people today would go to the grocery store and buy a gripe water of, but (laughs) you can grow this herb at home and make a simple tea. And then your baby can get it, like, if you're breastfeeding, you can get it through breast milk. Um, You can add it into a bottle or however you need to get it on board. If they're older, I like to do a tea. I'll make a little tea specific for kiddos and make it into a popsicle, which is super fun. Um... Yeah, there's so many great things about chamomile. It's a good wound healer, so it could be a good poultice for cuts and scrapes or sore gums, things like that. Um, It's just a lovely, lovely herb to grow, and thankfully, it's really easy to grow. It'll end up self-seeding itself, so it can take over your garden if you're not too careful. But you also really want to be mindful of um, other weeds that might be growing around your chamomile because while it's a strong, potent medicine, it's not necessarily ready to combat some of the other weeds that might grow around it. But other than that, super duper easy. You can just plant the seeds once the soil is at about 55 degrees. It grows in a lot of different kinds of soil, though it can 
it, you know, it can be moist, it can be dry. Um, there's German chamomile and Roman chamomile. I like to use the German chamomile for most of my medicinal properties, but um, Roman chamomile is really great too. So the German chamomile is the chamomile that's going to grow a little bit taller, about a foot tall or so, whereas the Roman chamomile is going to kind of be more of a matted ground covering. So you can think about that when you're deciding where you want to put your chamomile. Um, and yeah, you can, once those flowers begin to pop and that beautiful aromatic apple sweet scent starts filling the air around you, you can begin harvesting your chamomile blossoms. You can um, harvest them by hand or you can get this cool little rake that's specific if you've got a lot of chamomile. It's like this little rake that just kind of pops the heads off for you. Really, really great way to go if you're somebody who, again, has tons of chamomile and doesn't want to take the time to harvest it all. So that's one of my great friends. There's tons and tons of ways you can use chamomile as medicine. You can make it into a honey. You can make it into a tea. You can use a tincture. You know, it it goes on and on and on. It's a really cool herb. Um, I speak a lot about this plant because I love it so much. Ooh, and speaking of plants that I love so much, I speak a lot about this next one too. It's calendula. Calendula, you are my friend, Jula. And if you've listened to my show a time or two, or you've caught me live in the Facebook group, or you know, on the new YouTube channel, you'll hear me singing that song about calendula a lot. This plant, like as I'm speaking to you, I can feel my eyes light up and my cheeks light up and my smile's all big and friendly right now because this plant is just so beautiful. She's absolutely a showstopper like a golden ray of sunshine and such an amazing medicinal plant. So I plant calendula, um, you know, she's great at attracting the right bugs and repelling the bad bugs. So she can be a really fantastic, um, companion plant within your garden. And she's so pretty that, oh, I mean, why not have a chamomile plant in each little garden bed or each little row that you have around, um, She's a really great antifungal herb. My partner is a skier and in the wintertime pretty much likes to live in his ski boots and he gets the foot funk or athlete's foot. And I give him a really strong tea of calendula with a little bit of garlic and apple cider vinegar blended together. And that is his foot funk killing master. (laughs) So you can also use calendula for ringworm and other kinds of fungal infections. I think her biggest claim to fame, though, is that she's such a great wound healer or vulnerary herb. She does a really great job of helping to heal and repair damaged skin cells and tissue. So she's really, really lovely in that way. She can be used in all kinds of natural cosmetics to keep your skin with that youthful glow. Um, She's also got some good astringent properties. So um, if you need to kind of tone and tighten any of those tissues. Calendula can be a really good friend in that department as well. I love calendula also um, as an eye wash for styes or eye wounds or conjunctivitis. 
conjunctivitis, that little, I used to live in Atlanta, Georgia, way back in the 90s, and sometimes a little southern accent, apparently it'll come right on out. <laughs> um, <laughs> calendula, beautiful frangula. She's also a great lymphatic, so if it's cold and flu season and you notice you've got stuck lymph or swollen lymph glands, calendula can be a really good friend in that time. Um, I also really, really, I think one of Calendula's superpower secrets is she is such a fantastic wound healer for our skin, but the secret is that she's also amazing for the gut. So I use her in my Digestes herbal tea because she does such a great job of healing and repairing the damaged gut wall. And I speak a lot more about this in my Herbs for Gut Health course. I go way in depth on over 25 herbs that are amazing for gut health in various ways. So if you want to learn more on that, you should sign up for that course. Um, that's a really good one. Um, yeah, calendula. You can make an oil. You can dry the flowers. You can add the fresh petals to your salads and have like this ray of sunshine bursting throughout your salads and have the coolest looking salad on the block. Um, make a tea with her. She's just really great. And again, she <laughs> I feel like there's so much medicine in her just because she's so beautiful. And <laughs> she makes me so happy just by looking at her. And like, what good medicine is that? You know, I think we could all use a few more doses of happiness in life, especially this day and age, right? take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast who make this show possible for me and possible for you too. So here it goes. I love this time of year. It's spring, the sun is shining, and all of our beautiful plant friends are popping up. It's amazing. Unless, of course, you're one of the millions of people who suffer from seasonal allergies. You know, the itchy, watery eyes, the sneezing and wheezing that's straight miserable. Thankfully, there are some amazing herbs that can help you with all of that. Just like the herbs inside of Kick-Ass Allergy from Wish Garden Herbs, one of my absolute favorite herbal companies out there. Kick-Ass Allergy, yes, I said ask without the K at the end. Anyways, this formula has yerba santa, nettles, echinacea for that immune support, and orange peels, all which come together to help dry up those excessive mucosal secretions. Yep, I'm talking about the sniffles and the stuffy nose, the watery eyes, and all that jazz. This blend also acts as a great expectorant and can help ease the swelling and inflammation in those mucosal tissues. It is a top go-to for seasonal allergies. And get this, they combine all those beautiful herbs with glycerin, so it actually tastes pretty darn good. Or should I say it tastes kick-ass without the K at the end. Anyways, if allergy season is miserable for you and you want a natural remedy that actually works for those itchy eyes and being all sneezy and wheezy, you have got to check out Wish Garden Herbs Kick-Ask Allergy. 
And for those of you with the little kiddos, no sweat. They've got a kick it allergy too. And you pregnant mamas, you don't have to suffer either. They've got a kick-ass allergy formula just for you. So head over to wishgardenherbs.com or check out the link in the show notes and go grab yourself some kick-ass allergy so you can enjoy spring again. So grow calendula in your garden. She's pretty easy to grow. She likes a well-drained, rich soil and loves lots of sunshine. And it's cool because she'll give the sunshine back. And the other great thing about calendula is the more you take from her, the more you harvest those fresh flowers and and do it in a loving way, the more she's going to produce for you throughout the year. So once she starts flowering, you keep popping off those flowers and drying them or making them into oil or doing whatever it is that you choose. And she's just going to burst full of even more flowers. Or you let those flowers go to seed and you save your seeds for the next year. And she's just, she's just great. She's going to make you happy. And speaking of making you happy, another herb that is totally essential in your garden is lemon balm. I love lemon balm. One, because she's known as nature's sunshine and can just kind of uplift the spirits, particularly in the deeper, darker times of the year when a lot of people are suffering from things like seasonal affective disorder. Um, I also love lemon balm. I'm a bit biased. My name, even though I go by Mel, my name is Melissa. And I was named after the Allman Brothers song, Sweet Melissa, which is really cool. But now as an herbalist, I'm like, oh, Melissa Officinalis, it's my herb. It's nature's sunshine. (laughs) And it just makes me happy. (laughs) And it makes other people happy, too. And she's just got this incredible, lemony, fresh scent and flavor to her. She's a great herb for the kiddos. She is another carminative herb, so it's going to ease gassiness and tummy upset in the kiddos. It's going to be an antidepressive and a very uplifting plant. Um, She can be used in cases of headaches, and she can be used in salads and teas and popsicles. One thing I really, really love that I think is special about lemon balm is that she's super powerful in her antiviral properties specific to the herpes virus which is like where cold sores and that kind of thing come from so many of us suffer from i'm one of them and i hate it more than anything in the world when one of those little buggers comes up but i'm always really grateful that i have some lemon balm tincture on hand and some saint john's wort tincture on hand in those cases it really helps to fight that virus off. So grow some lemon balm. She loves full sun. She can tolerate your shade though. Um, She definitely gets more of her medicinal potency and that fragrance just really shines brighter when she gets to hang out in the sun. 
And she's going to love some well-drained soil. She likes it to be pretty fertile, but not overly fertile. Um, and she does like a lot of moisture. She's in the mint family too, so she'll just keep on growing. Um, she will reseed herself all over your garden, so do be careful if you don't want lemon balm everywhere, which I could think of worse things in the world. You can start her from cuttings from your neighbors. You can plant her seeds two to three weeks before the last spring frost. The bees love her and the bad bugs don't love her so much. So she can be a really good protective border or companion plant in your garden. Maybe even letting her hang out around Echinacea or even Calendula would be really nice. So you, ideally you want to harvest your lemon balm just as she's beginning to go into flower. That's going to be where she's going to have the peak of her medicinal potency. Um, and if you harvest the plant and you leave about six to eight inches worth of plant at the bottom, She's going to grow back and give you more good medicine throughout the rest of the season and in years to come, which is absolutely lovely. <laughs> lovely, lovely lemon balm. I like it. <laughs> I think when you hang out with plants enough, the songs just start coming to you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and so they come to me and I share them with you. <laughs> I guess that's just what I'm here to do. So another plant I love to have in the garden is Echinacea. She is another dynamic and beautiful show-stopping plant. Absolutely lovely. One of the reasons it's really great to grow Echinacea is because so many of us know about her amazing medicinal properties, right? And we live in the society where people really love to be like oh it's good for that so i'm just going to go out and rape and pillage the land and take 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 and not give back and so unfortunately when echinacea got all the rage for being such a good cold and flu herb people over harvested her and she had a much harder time being found in the wild which is really sad but you know we can all grow our own medicine and it's a lot cooler that way or you know you could even spend a day going out into places where she's a native plant and spreading seeds maybe we can regenerate the love she's given to us you know ideally she loves a nice sunny location with warm or hot soil even and she's gonna grow about three to four feet high so she might be good towards the back of your garden um she's just so darn pretty um, as far as the roots of echinacea, you do want to wait about three to four years before you start harvesting the roots, but you can harvest the leaves and flowers and get great medicine from them as well. But as you're doing that and you're harvesting the aerial parts of the plant while you're waiting for those roots to get nice and strong and full of good medicine, just make sure you don't take too many of the flowers and leaves because, um, <laughs> she needs that energy to go back into the roots so that the roots can grow strong so that when you're ready to harvest them in three to four years you can have some of the best echinacea roots for yourself yeah you want to take maybe like 10 to 20 percent of the aerial parts of each plant and then let the rest die back and all of that energy then goes back into the earth and back into the roots to make even better medicine for the future which is really really lovely i actually was just using echinacea over this weekend she's she's an amazing immune stimulant right i think we all kind of 
know that she's really popular for cold and flu season a really nice herb to take right at the beginning of that first tingle in your throat because she activates the immune system she's like yo immune army it is time to wake up it is cold and flu season maybe it's back to school season whatever it may be we all maybe you're traveling somewhere and you're um, concerned about getting any kind of sickness it's a good time to get echinacea on board then Um, But the other cool thing about her is she's got some great antimicrobial and antibacterial properties and can make a really great wound wash to kill off any potential infection. And this past weekend, my partner Chris was at the shop with me and he sliced his thumb open really, really bad on the paper cutter. Um, And I used echinacea and a few other plants, too. If you want to know more about that, you can see it on my Facebook page and on my Instagram. Um, But point being, I used echinacea as a wound wash. And his cut looks so good now with the treatment that I gave him. It made me so grateful that I know how to use plants as medicine. I know how to grow plants as medicine. It is incredibly empowering and really beautiful. And we saved so much money on sending him to urgent care for stitches where some people may have just ran for stitches i uh i just knew the plants had us covered so another beautiful and tall plant that is lovely to grow in your garden is marshmallow althea officinalis um a great plant if you've heard some of my um, podcast episodes where I talk about gut health and anti-inflammatories I, I speak about marshmallow a lot because she's she's really wonderful she's very cooling and soothing and she's really rich in this stuff called mucilage which is kind of this slimy ooey gooeyness that is the magic of her medicine when you're dealing with the roots so I like to use her when it's time when, if somebody's got a sore throat or um, if we're dealing with inflammation in the gut and trying to get rid of that and work with that, um, which is quite a lovely process and totally worth it. Um, I like it for skin irritation or like excessively dry, flaky skin or even sunburned skin. She'll provide a really nice cooling, protective kind of layer which is beyond beautiful and she's so so lovely to have in your garden so she's pretty tall she's gonna grow about four to five feet high and she's got these lovely kind of silvery light green really soft fuzzy leaves and beautiful five petaled flowers that are typically white um, with maybe a little pinkish purplish hue she's she's just really lovely she kind of grows in a big long stalk and she's pretty easy to grow also so most of the herbs I'm talking about in this two-part series are pretty easy for you to grow and I chose them all because they are such beneficial herbs to use for so many different conditions that we humans deal with today um So yeah, marshmallow, she loves lots of different soils. She does like a moist, rich soil, rich in nutrients and plenty of organic matter. She'll super duper thrive in full sun and she can also grow well in partial shade. Um, She's just 
She's just lovely. I, I really do love her. Um, and this is another one where you can use the flowers and leaves as medicine. I do like the leaves when it's time for dry, raspy, irritated respiratory kind of conditions. Um, but you do need to let the roots grow and work their magic in the earth for a good two to three years before you go to harvest her roots. So... Um, yeah, lots and lots of good mucilage and good medicine in those roots of marshmallow or Althea officinalis. She's, she's beautiful. And I know once you grow her and work with her and taste her and feel her and get to know her, you're going to love her just as much as I do. And maybe one day you'll sing her praises with as much joy as I'm singing them to you. So, hopefully you've gotten a lot of value out of this show. You're ready to plant some new plants in your garden. If you learned something new or this made sense to you, reach out to me and let me know that you're going to grow something new in your garden. I would love to hear. And I thank you so much for tuning in. If you also found great value out of this, please share with your friends. And together, we can make our Herbalism. Hashtag spread like wildflowers. See you in the next show. This has been the Herbalist's Path, where we're on a mission to inspire an herbalist in every home again. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to support our mission, please subscribe, rate, and review to help others find us. Together, we can make herbalism hashtag spread like wildflowers. Wishing you all a lovely day. Bye for now. take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast who make this show possible for me and possible for you too. So here it goes. Medicinal mushrooms are all the rage these days, if you didn't know already. And with great reason, because they are powerful medicine that can improve your health and your life in so many different ways when they're well-made. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of stuff on the market that isn't going to be so effective. And that's why you need to find a brand that you can actually trust. For me, that brand is Whole Sun Wellness. And this is the creation of a brilliant woman and fellow mama, Jamie Bonfiglio. She's an international mushroom educator that has been working in the medicinal mushroom industry for years. And this is when she saw firsthand how many other companies take shortcuts when it comes to their products. And Jamie wasn't having it. She set out to build her company the right way. Whole Sun Wellness is here to raise the industry standards so those crap mushrooms on the market aren't getting into your body or your family's body. Whole Sun Wellness is the first company to test and report nutritional facts for all of their extracts. They go beyond industry standards every step of the way, from sourcing to extraction and final testing. 
and as the owners of the largest medicinal mushroom farm in the United States, Whole Sun Wellness is taking control of their supply chain for the highest quality and absolute full transparency. They're even the first company to include pure mycelium extract in every single product. So when you're thinking of getting medicinal mushrooms for you and your family, Whole Sun Wellness is exactly the ones you want. Also, be sure to check out their new Mycolites. These are the world's first dissolvable electrolyte tablets. They're featuring functional mushroom extracts that'll give you more energy, more stamina, and recovery as well. And who couldn't use all of that? The other thing is, they are these adorable little mushroom-shaped tablets, and they come in like a little Altoids box, but way cooler than Altoids, because they're Mycolites. Anyways, head to wholesunwellness.com to grab yourself some Mycolites and all of the other functional medicinal mushrooms that you and your family need. And of course, you can grab that link right here in the show notes now. 